Welcome to Two Pillars Podcast, motivation for the mind and spirit, drawing frequent reference from the Bible. Receive bite-sized, digestible, motivational insights and tools to renew your spirit and nourish a strong mindset. And now your host, author, blogger, and leader, Elita Torres. to another episode of Two Pillars Podcast. Today we're continuing our faith series. We're in part three of our faith series and it's titled When Confronted with Challenges and Personal Giants. We're also into our Lenten season. So we're into week two of our Lenten season. And if you haven't done so already, I encourage you to pick pick a challenge that you want to do throughout the Lenten season to really reflect more on God and the sacrifice he gave us uh, through Jesus Christ for our salvation. You can find out more about the three themes of Lent in my last episode. So to continue with the faith series, challenges, we've, we've all faced them and the last year and I, the last year has been a real challenge, a really a real test to our faith and our determination. Some challenges may last a week, others months or years, just like this pandemic, chances are it will last a couple of years, at least to get back to a semblance of what normal is. Some people go through challenges and come out with a stronger faith, while others leave with doubt or even walk away from their faith altogether. What, what is the difference between someone when faced with challenges walks away or embraces their faith even more. There are three reasons or main reasons why people lose their faith. The first one may be that the teaching just may be too hard to understand. After all the old some of the Old Testament sermons, some of the Old Testament um, gospel can be very difficult to read and understand. Another reason is pain can cause people to lose faith get your bro- your heart broken or your dream shattered or worse if you lose a loved one despite praying for their healing every day this can cause confusion and anger and and make people turn away from their faith another reason is that the lifestyle can be too hard to follow after all really christianity is about putting god first and loving your neighbor in a world that celebrates putting the you before the they. Putting it differently, it can be easy to lose our faith if we focus on circumstances not going our way. If our version of God is about Him answering our prayers, then when we don't get what we want, we become discouraged, disillusioned, and may even walk away from our faith. There are others that have gone through unspeakable suffering and pain, really mind-blowing circumstances that are hard to believe, but only to have their faith grow stronger, only to find peace in faith despite their circumstances. The same pain, the same unexplained tragedy, one person walks towards God, the other looks away. The irony is that those that run to God find more comfort than those that run away from God. Even when you don't understand, run to God. But how does one keep their faith. In order to keep your faith strong during the storms of your life, 
The key is to keep your ship ready. If you let the wood rot and don't upkeep the rudder of your ship, you won't make it through strong winds, let alone a storm. But how do you keep your ship strong? How do you keep your mind, your spirit strong? There are a few ways. First, learn to rely on Christ for guidance on the narrow paths. Learn to be comfortable not understanding everything. The prophet Isaiah quoted God as saying, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. While explanations sometimes don't even comfort, knowing the why doesn't take the pain away. I don't believe tragedy is God's will. The evil in this world is not God's will. But if you're grounded in the word through study of the Bible, this will help you get through the tough times. Keep, keep some mantras based on Bible verses that get you really through difficult moments. Surround yourself with a community of faith believers that can guide you through the toughest times. And inspire yourself with stories of people who have expressed great faith to help you believe, to help you run towards God. This podcast is aimed at creating a community of faith believers with the intention to support and inspire. Today's episode, we will share some great stories to help keep you inspired on your faith. The first story is taken from the book of Numbers, Numbers 13, chapters 17 to 21 and 25 to 33. When Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he said, Go up through the Negev and on into the hill country. See what the land is like and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kind of town do they live in? Are they unwalled or fortified? How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are there trees in it or not? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land. So they went up and explored the land from the desert of Zin as far as Rehob toward Lebo Hamath. At the end of 40 days, they returned from exploring the land. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But when people who live there are powerful, but the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large, we even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, Jebusites, the Amorites live in the country, and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, The land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. And now I'm going to read from chapter 14, verses 5 to 9. 
So before I read, we just listened to a part of the um, the, the book of Numbers where the spies went out and the majority of people said, we, yes, this land is flowing, but there's no way we can go and attack those people. They are just way too strong for us. The obstacle is way too strong. So in chapter 14, verses 5 to 9, we will continue the story. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Thanks be to God. So when the spies reported to Moses, they gave plenty of good reasons for entering the land. But they couldn't stop focusing on their fear. The promised land, Canaan, was referred to as a land flowing with milk and honey. But instead, they focused on the giants, the fortified cities. Caleb needed bravery to stand before the crowd and voice an unpopular opinion. But he was willing to take that stand to do as God commanded. Crisis resulted from looking at the enemy rather than at God. The spies were looking at the obstacles instead of looking at believing in the power of God, that God can walk you through. God does not take away all obstacles, but he does give you the strength to walk you through them. For sure, there are giants, obstacles that seem insurmountable, but God is always greater. Because of their fear and doubt, they did not press forward and benefit from the fruitful land and God's promises went unfulfilled. When faced with challenges, choose to be Caleb and look to God instead of focusing on the problem. I struggle with this at times, but I I try to remind myself who God is and that he was always walking by my side. The second story is taken from David and Goliath, a very famous story that believers and non-believers alike uh, all know it's taken from the first Samuel chapter 17 verses 32 to 49. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine." Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. 
David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of a shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, but he despised him. He said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll struck you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there was a God in Israel. All those gathered here will show that it was not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. Amen. David didn't care how big Goliath was, because he knew his God was bigger. I like when he said, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Violent, yes, but full of faith for sure. He knew the wind would come, but that it would come from God. Goliath had the definite advantage against David from a human standpoint, but Goliath didn't realize that in fighting David, he was also fighting God. David looked at his situation from God's point of view. What made David effective was more than his skills with a sling. It was his courage and his faith in God. It was interesting also that when Saul challenged him and said, how can you go up against this Philistine and fight him? You can't. You're only a young man. David started talking about his previous experience with smaller obstacles, how he kept his father's sheep, how when confronted with a lion or a bear, he learned to, he went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep. Those, uh, those obstacles in his past, those challenges in his past, only made him stronger and able to face one of his greatest obstacles, which was Goliath. The challenges we face every day, once we come through it with God's help, only make us stronger and able to face future challenges. Who or what are your giants that you're facing? Viewing impossible situations from God's point of view helps us put giant problems in perspective to fight like David we need David's kind of fearlessness the last story is taken from Elisha it's taken from the book of two kings chapters 8 to 23 
Now the king of Aram was at war with Israel. After conferring with, his conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. The man of God sent word to the king of Israel. Beware of passing that place because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. This enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, Tell me, which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? None of us, my lord, the king, said one of his officers. But Elisha the prophet who is in Israel tells the king of Israel the very word you speak in your bedroom. Go, find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back. He is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elijah prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, so he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw his, the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. As the enemy came down toward him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, Strike this army with blindness. So he struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Elisha told them, This is not the road and this is not the city. Follow me and I will lead you to the man you are looking for. And he led, led them to Samaria. After they entered the city, Elisha, Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men so they can see. And then the Lord opened their eyes and they looked. And there they were inside Samaria. When the king of Israel saw them, he asked Elisha, Shall I kill them, my father? Shall I kill them? Do not kill them, he answered. Would you kill those you have captured with your own sword or bow? Set food and water before them so that they may eat and drink and then go back to their master. So he prepared a great feast for them. And after they had finished eating and drinking, he sent them away. And they returned to their master. So the bands from Aram stopped raiding Israel's territory. Amen. I want to make reference here to two verses. When Elisha said, don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. I love that. I just really love that verse. Those that are with you, God and his heavenly army are stronger than anyone, any obstacle you may be facing. The second verse I want to make reference to is when Elisha prayed and said, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Elisha's servant was no longer afraid when he saw God's might, his heavenly army. Faith reveals that God is doing more for his people than we can ever realize through sight alone. I want to end today's podcast by saying, no matter who or what is against you, it really doesn't matter. Those who are with you are more than those who are with your obstacle. God is the only one you need with you. 
Elisha prayed to the Lord that the servant's eyes would be open so that he may see. I pray that my eyes and your eyes are always open so that we may see. See the power of the Holy Spirit guiding us and Jesus comforting and supporting us. When you face difficulties that seem unsurmountable, remember that spiritual resources are there even if you can't see them. Look with your eyes of faith and let God show you his resources. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to do me a huge favor, if you like this podcast, it would be a huge favor if you subscribe to this podcast first so you don't miss any episodes and comment, leave a review, positive review on iTunes. It does make all the difference uh, in helping other people find this podcast. I really hope you'll join us next time for another episode of Two Pillars Podcast. Thank you.